the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. This is episode number 21. I am your host, Daniel Williams, and we're gonna talk about serving Jesus even while we're suffering. That's right, when we're struggling, when things are going not as great as what we planned. The realization is we are humans, ministry, people, leaders, we are people, okay? And we actually have a relationship with God and we have emotions and feelings and deal with drama and struggle and all those different things. And so what do we do when Sunday, the weekend comes, when we have the service, but yet we're sort of depressed, we're sort of discouraged, we're going through a hard time, whether it would be financial uh strife, it could be conflict with friends, it could be an argument with our spouse, and yet we have to serve other people as leaders. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this because a lot of people struggle with this. And sometimes we feel guilty because we do struggle and we're still in our weakness serving God. But the Bible says in our weakness, He is strong and His grace is sufficient for us, not only to work through us, but to work in us. And so I asked uh, specifically someone that I knew that struggled um, to be able to uh, share how he got through it. It's Pastor John Panico from Calvary Chapel, New Life. Uh, he served for many years in Delray Beach, and man, this guy is a faithful brother. And when I say struggle, I don't mean like struggling with doubts or questions, but I mean just financial struggles. Uh, his daughter has mental uh, a mental um, illness, and and uh, you know. A handicap and, and dealing with like he had a job being a, a nurse being in a hospice so he would literally go to work and see people die and and watch the, the just the reality of sin and death and then you know go and preach the next morning and so there's many ups and downs that we've been able to pray through he's a great brother that we've been able to uh, just sort of um, minister to one another encourage one another uh, just a great guy that loves the Lord and through all this through many downs and many ups, right? That's how life is. He's been serving God faithfully. And so I said, John, can, can, you, can you minister to us? Can you just share um, how do we serve God while suffering? What are some practical things you've learned? What would you share? And he shared this uh, about a few years ago with our leadership team. It was great. And so I asked him to record this specifically for us at the Leadership Lessons podcast, uh, those church leaders, you and I that are serving, that may be going through some hard times. What we want to do is acknowledge these hard times and give them up to the Lord. And so he's going to share about just serving God while suffering. And uh, I know that you're going to be very blessed by this guest lesson from my friend, Pastor John Panico. Hi, I'm Pastor John from Calvary Chapel, Delray Beach, and I am a friend of Pastor Daniel Williams. And when Daniel first moved to Delray, uh, he came to me um, and uh, talked to me about the vision that God had given him. So it has been a privilege for many years to be co-laborers with him in Delray. Uh, he has assigned me the topic today of how to serve when you're struggling. And I don't think he could have picked a more appropriate topic. Daniel has been with me through many of our struggles as a church over the last few years. And so this is a privilege to be able to share with you. So let's just say a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to dig right in. Father in heaven, we are just so grateful for your goodness and your mercy and your love. And as we look at this 
subject matter today, we remember the words of Paul who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Father, may that be our battle cry when we're going through it. We know, Father, that if you have called us to something, uh, that you will give us the wisdom, the strength, the resources uh, in every way to succeed, that you may be glorified. So even through this time that we have together, be glorified. And at the end of this, Father, I pray that you've spoken to our hearts, to my heart as I teach, and to, Father, whoever is listening, if they need that word of encouragement, Father, that this would be it, given from you. Thank you for loving us so well. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you are speaking to a friend, a family member, a coworker, and in casual conversation, you ask, how are you doing? And they look to you like a deer spotted in headlights, and their response is, the struggle is real. Have you ever heard that, the struggle is real? Maybe it's a financial struggle they're going through. They just lost their job, their car broke down, or maybe physically they're going through it. They woke up this morning and their back was out. Or, you know, when you hit over 40 like I am, you sneeze and your back goes out. Uh, struggling with headaches or in the ministry, maybe stomach problems. So they could be struggling financially, physically. Uh, maybe you approach them and they just had a fight with a friend or one of those creative, passionate discussions with their spouses. Yes, an argument. Um, the struggle is real. Could be financial, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. I mean, the, the struggle is real. And for anybody that's been called to serve Jesus, that has been called to the ministry, you know this, the struggle is real. We do not get an exemption because we belong to Jesus from those financial, physical, emotional, uh, relational work struggles. We don't get an exemption from that. Um, as a matter of fact, we not only get that, we also, in being involved in ministry, being called to advance the kingdom of God, there's an adversary that the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, desires to steal and kill and destroy. And so that's what we're up against. And so now if you're one that has been chosen and you've answered the call by God to go out there and to advance his kingdom by preaching the gospel, by teaching people about Jesus, touching people for Jesus, telling them about Jesus, well, you can expect that as you are going and proceeding towards God's will, that the enemy is coming full force. And the Bible reinforces this in Ephesians 6, which reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Oh no, it's against principalities and powers that are not of this world. So not only will you face some of those struggles that we talked about, but in ministry, well, the ministry itself, maybe you're a pastor and one morning you're like, well, I'm teaching on joy and uh, encouragement today and I don't feel like doing it because I myself am not feeling very joyous and I'm not feeling very encouraged. There's a story that was told of a mother waking up her son uh, for church one Sunday and the alarm went off at seven o'clock and at 7.15 he still wasn't out of bed and the mother knocked on the door and said, it's time for church, you have to go. No answer from the son who remained in the bed, curled up under the covers. 15 minutes later, mom comes, you have to go to church, get up now. The son retorts, I'm not going and here are two reasons why. One, I don't like them 
and two, they don't like me. Well, the mother responded very quickly and said, I'm going to give you two reasons you will get up. One, you're a 47-year-old man, and two, you're the pastor of the church. How do we serve when we're struggling? How do you get up when you don't feel like getting up? How do you get up to lead a worship song singing how great is our God and, and you yourself are battling with personal doubt? Maybe you don't even feel like picking up your Bible or you, you don't feel like praying. How do you serve when you're struggling? Well, it's my hope in my heart today that uh, just through our brief time together that, um, that we're going to offer five things to help you remember, five things that will help you remember why we serve and how to serve when we're struggling. And I say this reminded of this, that when Jesus came and he walked this earth as a man, the son of God, the son of man, well, it seemed like there were struggles with his family. At times, there were struggles with his disciples. There were struggles with the crowds, and there were struggles with the religious leaders, and there were struggles with the Roman government. There were struggles with demons, not to mention the elements, the storms, and, and all the different things that Jesus faced in his ministry, ultimately facing death. But the fact of the matter is we serve a risen Savior. And it's through his struggle that if we remember these five key points today, that I think that we will be able to uh, continue to persevere by the power of his spirit. So the first thing that I want to encourage you with today is that when you're struggling, um, to remember this, remember relationship with the person of God. That's the first thing we have to remember is that we serve because we are in relationship. It wasn't that God looked down and said, well, John has so much money or Daniel has so much personality or this person has a great singing voice or this person is particularly talented. God sent his son to die on a cross because he wanted relationship with us. There is a great meme on social media uh, with a child holding their heart out to what's supposed to be Jesus and the child saying, this is all I have. And Jesus saying, this is all I wanted. And he proved it by going to a cross. And no greater love hath the man than this. And that's why we serve. So if you're struggling, if you're struggling to serve, then what we have to do is first check the relationship aspect to see if we're sitting at his feet, to see what our, what our own personal time with God and what our worship is like. Uh, we get a great picture of this in the book of Luke. It's chapter 10. It's a story that many of you would be familiar with, uh, starting at verse 38. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Stop right there. Here we go. Okay, we look at Martha and she's struggling. 
Jesus is in the living room with everybody and Mary is sitting there and she's singing the worship songs and maybe she's clapping and she's raising her hands and Martha's worried to see if the roast is getting done and she's setting the table and perhaps she's getting frustrated and banging pots around in the kitchen. And as she's banging these pots around in the kitchen, well, she's getting increasingly frustrated because every time she goes out there, she sees her sister and her sister is highlighting and taking notes and Martha's just getting incredibly frustrated. Finally, when she can't take it anymore, she approaches Jesus and says, Jesus, help me. Help me. There's my sister. She's not doing anything. I'm killing myself over here. And Jesus answers and he says, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Where is Mary? She's at his feet. You see, if you're struggling to serve, what we have to do is we have to remember the relationship with the person of God, the relationship with the person. We have to stay at his feet. Because that is always the best motivation. When I'm at his feet, I remember how immense he is. I remember how marvelous he is. I know and I see how much he loves me. And so I'm at his feet and I am focused and it's given perspective. There wasn't anything wrong with the fact that Martha was serving. But the reason she was struggling is because she took her eye off of him. And so the first thing that we want to do if we're going to serve while we're struggling is we want to remember relationship with the person of God. But the second thing that we want to do is we want to respond to the struggle with the promises of God. We want to respond to the struggle with the promises of God. Understand this. If we do have an enemy, as we said, that is out to steal, kill, and destroy, if we learn anything from Scripture and from Jesus' walk on this earth, that when the enemy approaches Jesus, attacks Jesus in the wilderness, well, the enemy is fighting specifically. Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And so where is Satan going to attack? He's going to attack him specifically. Hey, you look kind of hungry. If you are the Son of God, why don't you take these stones and make them into bread? Jesus doesn't respond by saying, oh, Lord, oh, Father, I'm, I'm feeling so weak. No, what he does is he says, as it is written, Man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, we have to respond to the struggle with the promises of God. The enemy never attacks you generally. He always attacks specifically because he knows how to get in your grill. He knows how to get inside of your mind and your heart. He's very good at it. He's been doing it for a long time. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so if you know how the enemy gets to you, if he knows the things that you struggle with, and he's always bringing those things to your attention, then we can't fight specifically because we have literally thousands of promises that apply to us. And most, most people know three of them. They know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That's great. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's great. But the enemy fights specifically. We have to utilize the word and we have to be proactive if we know how he gets to us and how he kind of pokes us because he knows how to poke us. What we have to do is we have to take scripture and we have to be specific and strategic in the battle. So it's relationship with the person of God. It's also responding with the promises of God. Well, we also want to, and this is the third point, we want to rely 
on the power of God. So many things we start in the spirit, we try to continue in the flesh. And Pastor Chuck used to say it really well like this. If you establish a ministry or if you're serving in the flesh, um, you start catering to the flesh, well, you're going to have to continue to cater to the flesh, and that's going to leave you worn, frustrated, struggling, tired, and you will struggle. And so what we want to do is we want to rely on the power of God, continually relying on the power of God. One of my favorite books is the book of Philippians. And it's a book that Paul writes from a prison cell, yet it's a book of encouragement. It's through that book that Paul says to the church, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it through to the day of Christ Jesus. It's in that book that Paul says, let that mind be in you, that which was in Christ Jesus. It's in that book he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's in that book he says, I've learned the secret of being content in every circumstance, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I've got nothing or, or I've got everything, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, there's another section in Scripture in 2 Corinthians 12 where we see Paul and he's struggling with a thorn in the flesh. And as he's struggling with this thorn in the flesh, he approaches God and says, so he's going through the struggle and he approaches God and he says, God, take this thorn away. Three times he approaches God. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You see, we have to remember that it's during the times that we feel our weakest, that God, that's when God sweeps in and he gives us his power and his wisdom and his strength. And so the, Lord, so the world would look at you and they would say, well, how, 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 are they, how, how do they keep going? And because we're being real, what's happening is, is that the only thing that we can point to is the power of God. The Bible says, so let your light shine before man. They may say your good works, but glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And that's a key to this, relying on the power of God. So we're talking about the relationship with the person of God. That's something that we have to remember in the struggle. We have to remember to respond with the promises of God. And we also have to make sure that we are relying on the power of God. But here's a fourth thing, and this is really important. And that's why as I'm sitting here with Daniel Williams today, this part is a part that really resonates with me. We have to rely on the people of God. Rely on the people of God. You are not the lone ranger. You cannot do this. If you've been called to ministry, you cannot do this in and of yourself. We can't say, hey, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. He gave us the body for a reason. There's a great picture of this back in Exodus 17 where the Amalekites and the Israelites are fighting and Moses um, sends Joshua down into the battle and he's going to stand at the top of the hill with his rod. And as he's standing at the top of the hill, what we find is that when his hand is raised, the children of Israel are winning the battle. And when his hand is lowered, they're losing the battle. So... Her and Aaron come alongside and they sit him on a stone and they lift his hands up. 
Gang, that's what we need in the church today. We need people that are going to come alongside and encourage us with Scripture. They're going to say, hey, I've been there. I've, I've gone through what you're going through right now, and this is how the Lord brought me through it. Oh, yeah, and He can bring you through, through it also. They're the people that are going to take you like this, that are going to take you around the shoulder. Hey, I know that you're struggling with the idea of leading worship today. I know you're struggling with preaching today. Don't be afraid to be honest with your brothers and sisters in Christ about the fact that you're struggling. We have to be honest in the struggle and we have to rely on those that God has put around us um, because those are the people that the Lord uses. Um, you know, circles rise. And so He gives us these people and these people are a blessing. And if we try to do it without them, we're going to find ourselves uh, very weary. There's a story of a man who lost his wife and stopped going to church, very discouraged. He would sit home day after day. And in the middle of winter, as he was sitting home one day, he had the fire going and he sat in his rocking chair alone, reminiscing, sad, having not been to church in over a month. There's a knock on the door. And without even looking up, he just said, come in. Well, his pastor came to check on him. The pastor saw how broken the man was and he sat right next to him. And as they sat together in silence, just watching the fire, the pastor took the tongs and he, he took one of the pieces of wood from the fire and he put it off to the side. And what you saw after a while was that while the fire raged on, that little piece of wood was on fire, um, but the fire died out. They sat there in silence and they watched this happen. And then the pastor took the tongs and he put it back on the fire. And there it was again. Beautiful, bright, warm. The pastor, without saying a word, got up and he left. And as he was leaving, the man from his chair said, I got the point. I'll be back at church next Sunday. The point was, is that when we try to go through our struggles alone, when we try to go through our struggles alone, we're going to find ourselves tired and sad and lonely and the struggle will win. And so the point for us, again, is we have to rely on the people of God. Know your circle. Know the people that you can call when you're struggling. Know the people that you can be real with. Uh, and know the people that are going to point you in the right direction. Not the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. But surround yourself with the people that love you enough to tell you what you need to hear and that you know will point you to Jesus and that you know will get on their faces with you to pray and fast. Um, because again, in ministry, the struggle is real. So the first thing is that we're remembering the relationship with the person of God. The second thing is that we are remembering to respond with the promises of God. The third thing is we're relying on the power of God, not our own power. The fourth thing is uh, we are using the reinforcement of the people of God, the reinforcement of the people of God to help hold our hands up when we're struggling and feeling weak. But then the fifth point and the final point, and I love this one, we remember to rest in the presence of God. Resting in the presence of God. The Bible says Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
a lot of the times we are so busy striving and struggling um, that we're doing things on our own power instead of uh, resting in his presence. But Jesus said something very interesting. And this is the verse that I, I want to close this with today. It's from Matthew 11, verse 28. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're listening to this and you have found yourself in the past struggling, or if you're struggling today, how do you continue to serve when you're struggling? Well, you remember the relationship. You respond with the promises. You rely on his power. You call on the reinforcements of the people of God and you rest in the presence of God. The very first most important thing is the time that you're spending resting and being loved by him. One of the greatest challenges in ministry is that sometimes we forget how loved we are by God. And that's a matter of spending time with your father that loves you so very much through his son and by the power of his spirit and his word. And this is what he uses to keep us strengthened and refreshed. Oswald Chambers says, listen, if you want to be poured out wine and broken bread, you have to make sure you're going to the source yourself. So God bless you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we again are just so grateful. Um, if we're struggling, Lord, uh, the key to continuing and persevering, it's all found in your word because it's in your word that your person is revealed, your promises, your plan, your power, all of these things that serve to strengthen your servants and give us exactly what we need for the season we're in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm so appreciative of John and his heart and being able to share um, just some key advice and wisdom for us as we suffer, as we struggle, as we go through life with all the ups and downs. So often it's so easy to serve God when things are going great and the message is amazing and, and life is good, but we know that we as church leaders are humans. We have not only highs but lows and God walks through those valleys with us and he's always with us and and oftentimes the enemy tries to steal our joy put lies in our heads and we question God's goodness his character and this next one piece of advice is by my friend Josiah Graves he's the pastor at Exchange Church down in Deerfield Beach Florida um, another local guy here in our area which uh, just love his friendship love his heart and he's just gonna exhort us and on his one piece of advice to just enjoy Jesus remember even when we're struggling when we're suffering we're going through it we can enjoy Jesus. We can have joy. So we could be unhappy. The circumstance could be terrible, but we could still have joy. And his one piece of advice and ministry to you, church leader, is to enjoy Jesus. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com. A ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hi, my name is Josiah Graves. Uh, I'm with the Exchange Church here in Deerfield Beach. And uh, I've been meeting with uh, Pastor Daniel for a while now, developing a good friendship with him and 
um, he just asked me to share with you a, like a two-minute leadership lesson. And my heart, as he asked me that and just praying over this, is just talking about enjoying Jesus. Um, I just want to see leaders. I want to get back to the place where I can just enjoy Jesus. Um, there's always going to be a task list. There's always going to be things to do. And so my hope is just to take a, a minute or two and talk about enjoying Jesus. So um, if enjoying Jesus is the goal, you know, that we might, you know, and know God um, and glorify Him forever and, and enjoy Him, if that's really the goal, um, what is the thief of that? What is the enemy of that? And I think working at a church or being in leadership, the enemy of enjoying Jesus is always looking around. It's comparing. Um, it's looking at other churches. What are they doing? What, what's the new thing? What's happening? What's going on? Um, I think of when Jesus was with his disciples and the Pharisees and it's the disciples of John. So two completely different groups of people go to Jesus and say, Jesus, how come we're fasting, but your disciples aren't? And right away, what they're doing is they're comparing. They're going, look what we're doing. Why aren't you doing this? And I think that in ministry that we can have this mindset, might not ever be said, we might not ever even display the attitude we're pretty good about hiding things, um, but looking on social media and going, why is this church doing this? We don't have this. I, I wish we were, I wish they were. And I'd say it's just the thief of joy. Um, I, want, I want to get back to, and I want to encourage all of our leadership, all of you who, who might be watching this, is just to enjoy Jesus and, and find your vision in Jesus and find your contentment in Jesus. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said, um, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. <clears throat> and that's what I've seen. It's just comparison steals joy. Um, Paul said it this way. Paul said, when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding. That when we measure ourselves or compare ourselves, we just don't get it. Um, and I want to get back to the place where we can just enjoy Jesus. You know, when Jesus gave the illustration of the, of the tax collector and Pharisee, and they go to the temple of God, and you have the tax collector who's, who's just beating his chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then you have the Pharisee who, who sees what he's doing, and he goes, God, thank you that I'm not like this man. And, and what that Pharisee was doing, he's comparing. He's going, thank you, God, I don't, have, I don't have anything to confess like this man, which is obviously a lie, but he's comparing. He's going, I'm not like this guy. And thank you, God, I'm not like this guy. And I think that, you know, comparison, to whatever extent it, it might take in your life or my life, it can become a self-righteous attitude. Um, it's, it's because they have more, maybe we're jealous. They have less, so we think highly of ourselves. Um, and it's just a self-righteous spirit and attitude. Um, and rather than just enjoying Jesus with me by myself and the Lord and sitting at his feet, or, or rather than just um, enjoying what the Lord's doing in that other person's life and saying, praise God for that ministry, praise God for that work. Um, I can learn from them, but I don't need to be them. And um, my, my hope is speaking to young leaders is uh, just to find your enjoyment, find your rest, find your peace in Christ. Um, sometimes we just need to turn off the phone and stop looking at others and what they're doing. Um, to be honest, even in my own life, I've had to stop following or stop looking at, at certain churches or people's posts because it was doing something wicked to my heart. And it wasn't their fault, it was mine. It's my heart that's wicked and bent. And I had to say, you know what, let me step back from this because I'm now, I'm now comparing. I'm now looking at what I don't have or what they have. Or, and um, I want to say simply this, let's enjoy Jesus again. Let, let, our, let the people who attend our churches see that we enjoy Jesus, that we find peace and meaning and fulfillment from our time alone with Him. Let them see that. Um, I think that will become more attractive than what other churches are doing, that they see this peace and contentment that surpasses all understanding, and it can only come from alone time with Jesus. Um, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, Paul you know, wrote in 2 Corinthians 11.3, basically along the lines of, don't be deceived by the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus as Eve was deceived in the garden. Like God made it so simple. 
God's like, don't eat this fruit. The day you eat that, you're going to die. They eat that fruit, right? Satan's like, did God really say? And he tries to, you know, he, he confuses, he tricks it. And I think that God made it so simple to, to know him and to enjoy him forever. And we complicate it. And the gospel is so simple. It's God so loved, he gave. And God reached and God came. Um, and I want to say, let's just, let's just enjoy that. Let's just enjoy the fact that we have a God who pursues. Um, as we've read, as we've heard, let us believe again that the gospel is not just good news. It's not just that you get heaven. The gospel is God that we get him. So let's just enjoy him. And that's my little thought for the day. God bless you guys. Well, I hope this episode has been really encouraging to you uh, because sometimes just acknowledging that you're not alone is really important. And this is why I love this podcast. I'm able to bring up topics that, that I deal with, that I really truly struggle. I'm a positive, upbeat type of guy, but man, I get discouraged. Um, I go through uh, spouts of discouragement and depression and struggle and just having to seek God, enjoying Jesus, doing some practical things like um, like John said, you know, not just being a Martha, but being a Mary, worshiping God and enjoying that thing that no one could take away. Um, and so I just wanted to continue this conversation as we talk about the realness of ministry, our emotions. Uh, on next week's episode, we're going to talk about pastoral depression. Now, you may not be a pastor, but you need to understand that pastors are people as well. They're part of the body and they actually get go a lot with spiritual attack. Um, the enemy tries to take them out. And we as pastors um, and as church leaders, we sometimes can get depressed, discouraged, and that could even lead into a, a slump in a season of depression. And so I asked my friend, which is interesting, Ben Corson, to share on pastoral depression. If you know Ben, he's the most upbeat, positive person you can understand. And I asked him one time, like, what? why are you so upbeat? Why is your whole thing about hope, hope, hope? And he simply said, hey, when God uh, freed me of my depression, of my uh, cloud, of my discouragement, I wanted to tell as many people as possible that there is hope. And so he's the one uh, band drummer just continually talking about hope, super upbeat, super positive because God delivered him from his depression. And so he has some wisdom and advice to just, again, bring these topics up to discuss about it, to understand you are not alone. Uh, you are not alone. I don't know maybe who you are. Some of you I know you're really good friends and in our area or outside you're listening to this or part of our church. Man, I'm praying for you. Uh, I, I love you. I care about you. Um, I may know you personally. I may not know you, but know that you are not alone. There is a community of believers, whether it be through this podcast, other things you're listening to. We are all in this together in God's kingdom. When we're living for Jesus, we're on all on the same team and we need to be real and open and talk about these issues. And so next episode, we're going to talk about pastoral uh, depression. I'm going to have my friend Ben Corson do an episode on that. And I know that it will help you. Uh, and if even if you're not going through depression or discouragement right now, it will help you to empathize with other people, other ministry leaders to let them know that they are not alone and that we could build one another up. So God bless you. I'm praying for you and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.